I'm Jerome Hudson, Breitbart News Entertainment Editor, author of the book 50 Things They Don't Want You to Know About Trump, sitting in for Breitbart News Editor-in-Chief Alex Marlowe. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. The Democrat media, the Biden administration, will spend the coming days and weeks talking not about the invasion on the U.S. southern border, but about the Ukraine border and Russian troops building up there. The truth is, however, and we can take it from the Ukrainian President Zelensky, is that there is no imminent threat to Russia invading his country. But our corrupt media and Democrats will keep the gaslighting campaign going. But it won't work. And in fact, their lies are falling on deaf ears. With each day, more and more Americans are realizing they're being lied to. Joe Biden is a failure. And instead of owning his disastrous policies, he's doubling down. But first... I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed. Everything is getting expensive. We're in the biggest economic crisis since 2008, with a government that's printing trillions and trillions of dollars. Consumer prices are the highest we've seen in 30 years. Inflation is certainly here to stay. And if the government continues its out-of-control printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. So... How do you protect your money, your retirement, your savings? Well, American Hartford Gold can show you how to hedge your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. They'll even help move your existing IRA or 401k out of the volatile stock market into a precious metals IRA. And they'll make it easy. They are the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. And if you call them right now, they will give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call them now. Call 866-670-7660. That's 866-670-7660. Or text Alex to 65 532. Again, that's 866-670-7660 or text Alex to 65532. I do want to start with border talk because it has dominated so much of the corporate media uh, attention and certainly uh, is being driven by the Biden administration. I spent a lot of time yesterday asking the question why there has been so much panic and hysteria around Russia and Ukraine and the timing of it being so interesting. Right now, MSNBC is breathlessly reporting about the Ukraine crisis. The coverage is ubiquitous. It's absolutely ubiquitous. And again, to me, the timing is absolutely interesting. We're going to get a lot of border talk. But the biggest news, or at least one of the biggest stories that came out yesterday to me was the actual U.S. southern border. It is abysmal. It's dangerous. It's shameful what is actually happening. October of 2020 was the worst October at the U.S. border. 
as long as the Department of Homeland Security had been actually co- collecting statistics on people being apprehended at our border. November was the worst November ever. And December of 2021 was worse than that and became the worst December on record. Joe Biden promised that he would visit the border and said that he hadn't gone because he just hadn't find time to do it. The dude has been in politics for almost half a century. He spent several weekends on a beach in Delaware or at Camp David. Almost a third of his presidency he spent away from the White House. He can't find time to go to the border. There was a lot of talk about impeachment during uh, Donald Trump's first term in office. And he was impeached, in fact, twice. But with all of the hysteria and the hype around what is happening on the border between Russia and Ukraine, you'd think that the Biden administration would at least pay lip service to something that is that has absolutely more of a detriment that poses a far greater threat and risk to the safety of the United States than what's happening in Kiev, which isn't even near the Russian-Ukrainian border, hundreds of miles away. 8,500 U.S. troops now on high alert amid Ukraine crisis. If Joe Biden sends troops to the region, which it kind of looks like, I guess, maybe he will do, It'll be a shameful decision uh, that he make. It won't surprise me at all, but it made me think, my God, we used to have a president that actually sent United States troops to our southern border. Trump sent 5,200 active duty troops to the U.S. southern border in October 2018. There were already 2,100 National Guard forces in Texas, in California, in New Mexico and Arizona already to bolster and secure our southern border. The New York Times, I think, framed it as an, an election year ploy because it, he happened to do it, you know, a month before the midterm elections in 2018. I mean, there was uh, reported caravans of 6,000 people when the, President Trump sent almost the equal amount of forces to the border. The numbers are just so gaudy. In December 2021, 178,840 illegal immigrants were apprehended attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. Almost 180,000 apprehensions. Former President Trump sent thousands, over 5,000 troops, after 2,000 troops had already been sent because of reports of caravans of 6,000 people coming up through Central America, through Mexico to the United States southern border. I would like to keep the focus on this, which again poses a massive threat. There are so many questions to which answers we do not have in terms of who is coming into this country, with what are they carrying into this country. This, again, is an illegal immigration crisis that we will not be able to understand fully for many, many years. We won't see the ramifications of it. For many years, it's unfortunate, it's unnecessary, and it is so dangerous, the policy that we have, which in effect is a handful of United States federal agencies working as go-betweens for murderous drug cartels in Mexico. The Biden administration has made it harder for immigration law enforcers to actually apprehend illegal immigrants, to punish 
employers who knowingly break the law by employing these individuals. The, the Biden administration has basically tied the hands of law enforcement. And on top of it, border agents are dealing with the, the, the throes of the pandemic, just, just like every other uh, law enforcement agency, first responders, every sector, medical, you, me, their jobs being made just that much harder by the pandemic, the sex trafficking, drugs, the violence, so much of the violence that we see here in the United States is because of the drugs coming over the border, the methamphetamine, the heroin, the marijuana, the cocaine, you name it. You don't have 100,000 gang members in a city like Chicago and the violence that you see in that city, an eight-year-old girl being shot dead in the head over the weekend. So much of it is turf wars. They want to have as much territory as possible so that they can sell the drugs and make the money. And, And so much of the drugs coming over the border. This is the, the one of the top three crises facing the country that is being nearly ignored completely by the corporate media. And it is posing a, a far greater risk than anything that's happening in Russia and Ukraine or, or in Europe, for that matter. I, I think it goes without saying that it is obviously shameful what the corporate media will spend its time focusing on this this non crisis. It's not a crisis. If we only just listen to the, the president of Ukraine, he, he gave a speech last Wednesday saying that it's all hype and it's all panic porn. Everything that you're being told right now, he's talking to his officials in his government giving this speech. But he's also talking to the world, realizing that he he has a, a, a world audience. You ask yourself, why isn't the, the corporate media focused on that? If anybody is informed about what is actually happening on the border between Russia and Ukraine, it might be the Ukrainian president, but but they're not reporting that. Most people, when asked, I'll get to this this new Harvard-Harris poll, like the, 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 you know that what's happening in Russia with Ukraine is not an issue because it's not even being asked, posed as a question to registered or likely voters from some of the the, the few polling agencies that you can trust. They ask the right questions, they frame them, um, and they ask all people, they weighed it between independents, Democrats, and Republicans in a very responsible way. Sure, the polls aren't perfect, but Harvard-Harris for a couple years now, to me, has responsibly asked the right questions. For months, as Democrats attacked police, Harvard Harris was asking black voters if they supported police, if they wanted fewer police in their neighborhoods or more police in their neighborhoods. Eight in 10 black respondents said, yes, I want more police in my neighborhoods. And so when I see Harvard Harris conducting a poll between January 19th and January 20th, and you in Ukraine and Russia crisis isn't isn't even one of the questions asked. It tells me just about everything that I need to know about this so-called crisis. And it illuminates for me even further that this is just a gaslighting campaign. It's just the latest, but it certainly is a gaslighting campaign. Addressing his compatriots in a speech on Wednesday, so this would be last Wednesday, 
Ukraine President Zelensky said, quote, now is not our country. Excuse me. Now it is not our country that is being actively attacked, but your nerves so that you have a constant feeling of panic. He said, quote, the risks have not just existed for a day and they have not become bigger. The only thing that has become bigger is the hype around them. I mean, that is the entire story in a nutshell. I mean, historically, Kiev has been battling with pro-Moscow insurgencies in the two eastern region borders of Russia since 2014. The hype and the buildup over weeks and now over a month about 100,000 troops gathered on the border. Satellite pictures showing Russian buildup. It's, it's been the same way for months. And again, the timing is 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 so obvious. The, the, the Biden administration is upside down in the numbers on everything that matters to working Americans. BuzzFeed News, which it, it sees the entire corporate media zagging into the, 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 the Ukraine crisis narrative. BuzzFeed News uh, doing some accidental good journalism and zagging away from most of the corporate media narrative reporting that sources close to Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky say, quote, Americans are safer in Kiev than they are in Los Angeles or any other crime ridden city in the United States. Just an, an embarrassing uh, statement reportedly from the president of Ukraine, Zelensky. Uh, Americans are safer in a Ukraine city of Kiev than they are in Los Angeles. I incessantly, constantly keep my TV on CNN and MSNBC just to see what lies they are spewing to the American people or to see what they are actually not covering. It's such a big lie and it's so obvious. And, and I just believe that it is, one, pissing people off more what the corporate media isn't actually reporting, what the Biden administration is saying. I mean, every single time they go out and say that inflation isn't real, it's not even happening, nor does it exist. And then a week later, they, they say, oh, well, it does exist, but it's not really affecting that many Americans. And then a week later, they say, well, it's affecting more Americans than we think, but it won't last that long. And then a week later, they say, well, it's kind of here to stay. And then a week after that, we're a month into it. And it's like inflation may actually be good. Every time they do this, they run these psychological operations on us. I think it just pisses more people off, turns more people off, infuriates and enrages more Americans. I honestly believe that. Like when asked, how is inflation affecting you? Number one for people is the food that they, they eat or that they buy for their families. And not going out to a restaurant and looking down at the menu and getting sticker shop, but get grabbing the cart and rolling up to the produce or meat section. Hey, people remember Biden administration officials, the, the, the White House press secretary downplaying inflation before downplaying it, saying that it doesn't even exist. It's not even happening. Don't believe your lying eyes. You're wrong. You're stupid. You just didn't remember the price of a, a slab of ribs. I, I think that people in this country should hold on to that frustration and disseminate it as much as possible. The, the, the news coverage around it, which is one of the most fascinating points uh, going forward in all of this. I, I mean, at this point, 
I think the calculation is, is that there is nothing to actually salvage from the Biden administration. And so the news media, the corporate media that is so far in the tank for the Democrat Party, that they are basically an arm of the DNC. It, it, it does seem like a pretty easy calculation to me for them to make. We may as well just lean into the reality that people are facing. I mean, these people aren't stupid. They're, they're going to the grocery store. They're pulling up at the gas station. They're trying to operate their business at a very uh, different cost than it was for them a year ago. So we may as well not try to block and tackle, not for the Biden administration. The, the, the Democrats are, are, are diving headfirst into a, a historic beatdown in November. Why squander whatever credibility we have as, as, as a media uh, on trying to save the, the Biden administration? This whole Ukraine-Russia thing is a complete Hail Mary. It's, it's, just, it's just PSYOPs 24-7. Look over here. Panic about this. Oh, my goodness. You should be hysterical about this. Don't look at this border, what's actually happening in this country. It's being overrun systemically with the help of the United States government. Every decision that Joe Biden has made on immigration, begrudgingly putting back in protocols to keep people out of the country. Over 70,000 illegal immigrants that had been given notices to report to immigration court. Our, our DHS is saying they don't even know where these people are. And you have to assume that that 70,000 number is conservative. CBS did a focus group and the footage aired over the weekend. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. It, it's, it's what you might expect, but it's, it's shocking a little bit to see CBS actually air a, a, a panel of Biden voters and independents and, you know, voters for Trump in 2020, people who said they were still open minded and, and, and hopeful and optimistic about the job that Biden would do. You know, considering the fact that he ran on shutting down the virus, I, I just I don't think these are deeply political people who, like me, I want to see Joe Biden fail on every single policy issue that that comes up in his administration. But these people are just they're you don't you look at them and they're not political animals. Some of them actually voted for Biden and they think he's completely incompetent and has been basically a failure in his first year in office. Cut three. Can I see a show of hands? Do any of you feel like the economy has gotten better in the past year? <laughs> All of you are saying no, even though the jobs picture is brighter, even though the direction of the economy and recovery is happening. Are you all concerned about rising prices and inflation? I go to the grocery store now. I'm, I'm paying double the amount that I was paying even a few months ago. Uh, everything's gone up. The, the anchor there, probably stunned in real time, is uh, Margaret Brennan. Uh, the host of uh, Face the Nation there. She's, she's, you could just tell, you can hear her smirk because nobody raises their hand when she asks if you think the economy has gotten better. And in fact, you heard for the woman, it's actually gotten worse. I, I'm paying more for the same crap today than I was months ago. But again, CBS figuring, well, we may as well just ask the questions and, 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 and let the chips fall where they may after one year of complete Democrat control in Washington, D.C. Not a single CBS News focus group participant said 
that they feel like Washington, D.C. politicians understand their concerns. Cut four. We are a year into unified Democratic control of the House, of the Senate, of the executive branch. Do you feel any differently? Do you feel that Washington understands what all of you are experiencing out there? Beth is shaking her head no. I mean, so many of you are. But have you always felt that way? Or is there a new level of sort of skepticism about Washington? Yeah, I think so. I, I really had such high hopes for this administration when they came in. And um, it's just been one disaster after another. Um, Afghanistan, inflation, take your pick. I just don't understand. I thought this was going to be a president for the people of the people. And I just feel like it's one hurdle after another that we all have to climb. Chelsea, I saw you raise your hand. I do agree that Fundamentally, for me, nothing has changed. I think that I am more skeptical now. My life has not improved. COVID has not improved. Biden has not, you know, stuck to any of his promises. I don't think any anyone in Washington is really for working people. And that has been mm-hmm. so clear this year. These are your neighbors. They're your friends. Maybe they're your family members. These people are... Biden supporters, independents, Trump supporters, but they, they like they all wanted their lives to get back to some semblance of normalcy. They all believed Joe Biden because it was basically the one issue that he ran on that he would shut down the virus. It was completely ludicrous of campaign promise to make because you can't shut down a virus. There's 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 nothing that you could do uh, as a government uh, uh, official in doing that with all of the the capabilities and the possibilities of the United States government, all the money in the world, the technology, the scientific advancements, there's just nothing that you could do to shut down the virus. But that was the promise that he made. And many of these people voted for him because they believed that, well, at least, you know, he could possibly do it. God bless him. But this sentiment is out there. And I think right now we have to continue to push people, to encourage people, to not be afraid of this feeling. You're not crazy. It's not us. It's them. The Democrat Party is authoring every single piece of misery in this country. They're either exacerbating the problem, making it worse when it comes to all the spending and inflation, or a borders being overrun, or Democrats being soft on crime, or they're, they're completely ignoring it. And in some cases, they're doing both. Like Joe Biden is making the immigration situation in this country worse. He's also ignoring it. It's like, oh, he, he hasn't found the time to, to just visit the border. He can't even do the lip service. It's, it's not us. They're the crazy people. And I'm telling you, they've declared war on us. They just want to make our entire lives miserable. And the more we get that message out to more people to tell them that they're not crazy, that this is not how it should be, the better. You know the situation is bad. You know that Joe Biden is a destructive force, that Democrats and their brand is completely soured when not even Bader or Rourke wants Joe Biden to visit him as he runs for governor on the campaign trail in Texas. Bader or Rourke is like, stay the hell away from me. I actually don't want Joe Biden to stump for me in Texas. I don't think he's cleaned that statement up in the, the couple of days since it's been reported that he doesn't want Joe Biden to campaign for him in Texas. But it's not an anomaly. Stacey Abrams didn't even want to be caught 
with in a in a photo op with with Joe Biden a couple weeks ago before he gave his crazy speech in Atlanta. That's how bad it is. And and we're not alone. You are not alone. Like there are a lot of people being turned on. The amount of parents being activated in liberal Democrats in some of these counties and cities seemingly quadrupling down on stupid. Glenn Youngkin now being sued, apparently, after he did away with masks in school. It's not an accident that he's that he's governor of Virginia right now. Did you know there is a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than two million members and counting? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, AMAC has become one of the most impactful conservative organizations in America. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. Stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining right now at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Breitbart. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. Join today at amac.us forward slash Breitbart. joined on the program by John Nolte, Breitbart News Editor-at-Large. John firmly believes the American left has exposed themselves as so corrupt, out of touch, and impotent in the face of one crisis after another that the political realignment, that is, a collapse of the Democrat Party and voters rushing toward conservatism, is inevitable in November. John also believes that Biden making Ukraine and Russia the focus of his administration is an intentional ploy to distract the country away from his disastrous policies. Let's roll that. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's it's, good. It's it's the psychological uh, operation happening and. You know, it's working. It really feels like uh, the the wagging of the dog is happening. I mean, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, said now is not our is not our country that is being actively attacked, but your nerves so that you have a constant feeling of panic. He said that last Wednesday, the wrists have not just excited for a day and they have not become bigger the only thing that has become bigger is the hype around them he's talking about the situ- the situation with with russia and i understand why the the media is running with this story because the biden administration is moving troops by the thousands apparently and the embassies are being evacuated but this is this is this is gaslighting the president of ukraine the country that's supposedly under attack by russia is saying that According to BuzzFeed News, Americans are safer in Kiev, in Ukraine, than they are in Los Angeles. Well, that's probably true about Afghanistan, too. That's how bad Los Angeles is. But I see the point he's trying to make. I think, you know, there's a 
there's a war of nerves going on. And one of the ways that you can win a war is if you, without firing a shot, is that you wear a population down to where they just want something to happen. And even mm-hmm. if something to happen, because there's what, what human beings can't deal with, and this is just part of human nature, is a lack of normalcy. If, you know, that's what they can't deal with. They need to know things are going to be a certain way. But if you take that away from them, and that includes me, I mean, we're all the same. Um, they can't deal with that. They need a normalcy, even if the even if the normalcy that they get is worse, a lot worse than the normalcy that they had. And that, I think, is what Russia wants to do is, you know, that's why they have all the troops on the border. You just get to a point to where the where the population down, they say, OK, fine, just just invade us so that we can go back to our routines or that we can get a new routine and we just put an end to all this suspense. So I see what he's saying, the president of Ukraine, but Biden certainly didn't help things when he basically gave Putin the green light to go in on national television, which has to be, I mean, I try not to get hyperbolic about, especially when I'm on the radio, when I'm writing, but that has to be the dumbest thing any president has ever done at a news conference, at least in my lifetime. Well, I mean, I went back and you can see Joe Biden in 2016 speaking out against the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And in fact, he said it would be disastrous for Russia to get the pipeline. This is Joe Biden in 2016. His son, by the way, is already sitting on the board of a sketchy Ukrainian uh, uh, energy company, Burisma, getting tens of thousands of dollars uh, a month to do so with no experience. But but Joe Biden in 2016 saying this pipeline is bad. Donald Trump gets elected, agrees and sanctions the thing. And then Joe Biden in the first days of his administration comes in and saves uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, project and lifts the sanctions. Um, <laughs> the prospects of the pipeline were dead. It's basically the only thing that that the Ukrainian president wants. He wants the sanctions on the pipeline. I don't even know if he gives a, he gives a crap about being a part of NATO. The media is like not reporting any of this. The the Hunter Biden money corruption aspect of it. Uh the the fact that that Joe Biden emboldened Vladimir Putin even before he, you're right, even before he said that stupid stuff last week about a minor incursion. Like he he <laughs> he saved the very pipeline that is making Europe dependent on Russia. It's it's insane to me. Yeah, we all know where Biden's heart is. I mean, and that's where the money is coming from. <laughs> and, you know, of course, the media is not going to report it because they're with Biden. That's what we're here for, <laughs> um, you know, to get to get that news out. And people know this yeah. now because that's how powerful new media is. But there's no question, you know, where where Biden's coming from, his first day move. And you saw Trump make a ton of moves. You know, he remember him castigating. I think it was the president of Germany or whatever her title right, is. Angela Merkel. Yeah. Angela about the pipeline yeah. right there on national television. What are you doing? Taking taking energy from Russia. Why? Why are you even doing it? And then they stopped. But then he lost the election and then they started again. And right. everybody's, you know, Putin knows exactly what he's doing by bribing these countries. With energy, because they need that energy. So they you know, you're, they're getting it's like having a landlord you know, who's evil. What are you going to do? You either appease him or he's going to kick you out. 
And that's that's the bind that these countries are putting themselves in, sometimes willingly, you know, because like with Joe, Joe Biden, the money's there. It, I opened the program talking about how the corporate media Democrats, all the talking heads, so much of the energy and passion is going to be spent talking about the Ukraine-Russian border, where the numbers are coming out from the DHS now, that December was the worst December ever, as long as Department of Homeland Security has been collecting numbers of illegal immigrants being apprehended. You know, last November was the worst in history. Last October was the worst in history. I firmly believe, like, we won't, John, for years, really come to grips and to terms with the damage that's being done at our border. And I read for the audience, like, a news clip from 2018 when Joe Biden sent over 5,000 troops to the border. And there were already 2,000 troops in Arizona and California in 2018. And that was in response to 6,000 people caravan coming (laughs) through Central America to the border. Um, if, if, if there were impeachable offenses, what the Biden administration has done to embolden murderous cartels at the border, the trafficking, the drugs coming in, um, this one feels like what I'm not saying that the Republicans, should they win the majority in November, will impeach, uh, Joe Biden. But I, I think, I think they should make an argument. I think they should make a case for it at least. Yeah, going back to what you said before, there is no question that, and I believe from the beginning, that as soon as Joe Biden said it, said to the, basically said to Putin, go ahead and invade Ukraine, mm-hmm. that was deliberate. It wasn't a, it wasn't a gaffe. Huh. Because he wanted to take the attention away from his problems at home. And one of them, of course, is, is the border. And the, Media, of course, is more than happy to play along because they want to get off the Joe Biden is failing narrative because they haven't had anything that the corporate media, they haven't anything else to talk about for a month except Joe Biden's failing because their own polls are showing his failing and they can't even rig those things to show that he's not. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with that completely, that that is the strategy here. And, that, and then you have the Ukrainian president saying, what do you worry? Why are you, t- why are you guys talking about this? There's nothing to worry about. Right. But, of course, our media is obsessed with it, and it changes the point, and it makes Joe Biden look like a commander-in-chief and rally around the flag and all that. But as far as the damage, it's it's always the same thing. It's always the same thing. They they do these terrible things to our country, the the lockdowns, the COVID restrictions, the, the censorship, opening the border, and then after the damage is done— and they've got all these all these people that they hope will replace us, all these illegal aliens that they hope will replace us at the polls because Democrats believe in the replacement theory. Then they come back and say, oh, look at all the damage that was done. But in the meantime, they got what they wanted. They used the they used the uh, uh, the the the, uh, the covid to change the election laws to beat Trump. They got millions and millions of Democrats in the in the country. It's it's always the same thing. And the people that matter are the ones that are saying it at the time. The ones like Breitbart were saying at the time, this is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. Even those of us who are pro-vaccine like I am are saying these lockdowns are ridiculous. Face masks are ridiculous. Look at the border. And I think one of the reasons that Biden's poll numbers are so bad is because of new media, because the, 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 
the, the corporate media cannot cover this up anymore. And I don't think they can wag the dog like they used to because we're going to continue to talk about the things that matter and we're going to continue to point to the to facts like, well, you know, this is the second embassy Biden's had to close in right. six months. So this guy is a disaster. So the media could try to do what they want, but I just don't think they have that power anymore. John Nolte, Breitbart News, editor-at-large, joining the program right now. Um, you, I think about a week ago, you said um, that uh, you used the phrase, I can't even remember what poll it was, but it was a terrible poll. And I think it may have been the 14-point shift away from Democrats and toward Republicans. But you said that, um, I can't remember the phrase you, you used, and I'm, I'm sadly drawing a blank, but it wasn't seismic shift. You said realignment. You said realignment. And, and I got goosebumps when I read that in, in, in your message um, because I've sort of been feeling that for some months now. If you just look at all of the issues that matter to people and this Harvard-Harris poll that just came out yesterday, they, they, they I know Ukraine and Russia isn't an issue, John, because Harvard-Harris, which has been doing some very good polling for the last year and a half, didn't even ask people. And in fact, the top three issues was jobs in the economy, uh, immigration, um, and, and, and crime. Those are, the, those are the top three issues. And, and now we see the enthusiasm gap dipping among black voters. We've seen now for months, for years even, during the Trump presidency, Hispanic voters aligning themselves with Republicans and not just in polls and surveys, but in places like McAllen, Texas, these these 80 and 90 percent cities of Hispanic people voting for the Republican and electing a Republican candidate. I, I do. I believe um, that we are heading toward like historic territory. Um, but how do you see it? You, you said the word uh, realignment. Yeah, there's, I mean, just in, 2000, in 2021, not only did Virginia go red, which was a 12-point or 10-point shift towards Republicans, and I think the most important number out of that election, Youngkin beating McAuliffe, the Republican beating the Democrat, was that Youngkin did not win because Democrats were depressed. Youngkin won even though Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, got more votes than any Democrat governor candidate in history. That is, to me, that is stunning because that's not depressing the turnout. Right. People are so desperate for change. People forget that in the city of Seattle, the most left-wing city in the country, they, they just elected a Republican city attorney. That's the first time that's happened in 30 years. So what happened is that Trump stole all the Democrats' good issues, anti-war, um, the populist appeal to, to, uh, to, to blue-collar workers. He stole all their good ideas. And rather than fight him on it, what the Democrats thought they would do is go even further left. And the problem is that once gay marriage was, was accepted in the country— they could only thing they could do from there was totally violate human nature. And that's what they're trying to do now. They're trying to actually change human nature and say that a man can magically become a woman 
and say that a man should be allowed to participate in women's sports, even though he's obviously got this massive advantage over these girls, and say that, that you know, the country is racist and what white people are evil. And that's how they're trying to hold on to the gays and to the, to the minority voters. But you can't violate human nature and hold on to people. Right. And I don't care if you're black or if you're Hispanic or if you're gay or what, they're, you're still people. Right. And they're looking at this and they're going, my God, what are they doing? This is nuts. This is insane. They're teaching gay porn in my children's school. They're telling me I have no say in what my children are being taught. And I don't care what you look like or who you sleep with. That's nobody likes that. So I think we're going to see. And then there's the crime, the violent crime, letting all these violent criminals out. It's just breathtaking. And all this stuff was doomed to fail. Right. So I think we're going to see in 2022 a swamping of the Democrat Party like we have never seen before, because people are saying, I can't be a Democrat anymore. This stuff is just too nuts. And Republicans have all the good issues now. We're the ones who are anti-war. We're the ones who are saying we need to look out for blue collar. We need to work out for the working class. We're the ones who are saying color of skin shouldn't matter. Content of character should. We're the ones aligned with Martin Luther King. And they're the ones aligned with these lunatics, these guys running around in dresses. So I think you're going to see a seismic change. And the last time this happened was in the was in the, the late 60s when Nixon won. Republicans won four out of five or five out of six of the next elections in the presidency. And the only way that they got out of that was Bill Clinton, who came along, said, I'm a new Democrat. I'm tough on crime and I'm reasonable. I'm centrist. <laughs> and that's the only way that they dug out of it. So that's where I think we're headed. And lastly, I think one of the major things that torpedoed Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign wasn't that she was tired and people thought she was a liar, but it was the corruption aspect. It was that stench and that stink that she couldn't get off. And that was largely in due to the exposing of her corruption and her family's corruption that Peter Schweitzer did. In that Harvard-Harris poll that I mentioned earlier, Corruption was like the fourth major concern with Joe Biden. They thought he was incompetent. They think he's too old. Um, and they don't, they don't think he's mentally fit. But they also believe that he's corrupt. What Peter Schweitzer had, I think, will be the final piece. I, I don't think he'd, he'd get reelected in 2024 anyway. But, but what Peter has, not only on Joe Biden... But on the Elon Musk, Nancy Pelosi, John Boehner, the entire establishment, the Bush dynasties, Trudeau, for, for crying out loud. I think once people put it together, John, that not only do these politicians hate us, but that they're 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 getting rich our, and our lives aren't getting better. But theirs are. And again, who's who's pushing that new media is pushing that the legacy yeah. media, the corporate media won't touch any of that stuff. And it's all us. It's all new media pushing that. It's new media pushing the idea that Congress people, whether you're in the Senate or the House, should not be betting on individual stocks. We're the ones pushing that. And Peter Schweitzer, much to the chagrin of the fake media, has enormous credibility because they can't dent his reporting. I mean, remember what they did. I think it was him and Steve Bannon during the 2016 election. They just took the information to, to, to the New York Times and the Washington Post and said, you don't have to agree with our conclusions, but look at the information. 
and the New York Times and the and the, and the Washington Post, and I, I might be wrong, I might, I might have been one or the other, no, you're absolutely said, right. you know, we, we can't deny this. They advanced the reporting. <laughs> they had to, right, they had to advance the reporting, and they basically came to, this, came to the same conclusion that Peter did. So Peter comes up with these books, and it's just damning because he stays out of the politics of it. He just says, here are the facts. This is what we found. Here's the money trail. No unnamed sources. Everyone's on the record. All the documents are available. And it's just damning. Now, they're not going to make that mistake again in 2024. You know, the New York Times is not going to run this in 2024, right. especially if Trump runs again. Um, but new media is enough. We yeah. can get this out there. And that's yeah. a good, good time to be in. John, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, buddy. Good talking to you. I've been working too hard and not working out enough. I want to get in shape this year, but don't have the time to get to the gym. Echelon Fitness brings the gym home. Have a New Year's resolution to reach your fitness goals? It can really help to have a world-class instructors like Nicole Griffin and Michael Brown choreographing classes with music from your favorite artists like Pitbull. And you get a community of hundreds of thousands of people who can give you that extra push. Echelon Fitness gives you that. Echelon Fitness is the affordable way to get the workout equipment, the workout community, and an instructor's motivation right in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Echelon Fitness's fitness app provides you thousands of live and on-demand classes with great music from your favorite artists like Pitbull, Old Dominion, and many more. With Echelon Fitness, you can work out anytime, day or night, and crush your fitness goals. Just pick your class, climb the leaderboard, cheer each other on, and give it your all. Echelon Fitness's world-class fitness instructors are supportive, engaging, and fun. They really know how to get you moving. Echelon Fitness's full range of affordable workout equipment, including stationary bikes, small, smart rowers, sleek fitness screens, and the auto-folding treadmill are all connected to provide the Echelon Fitness experience. Around-the-clock classes for the family, including full-body workout programs that keep you coming back. One membership covers a family of five. And right now, for a limited time, podcast listeners get up to $650 off MSRP. To get this exclusive podcast discount, text DAILY to 818181. Text DAILY to 818181 to get up to $650 off MSRP. Text DAILY to 818181. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. Horace Cooper, Senior Fellow of the National Center for Public Policy Research and Co-Chair of Project 21's National Advisory Board, also joined the program. Horace says, from crime to immigration and educational freedom, Democrats have shown themselves time and time again as standing in the way of black Americans' ability to progress in America. And with a historically low amount of support for Joe Biden, black Americans, Horace believes, are finally seeing the light and rejecting Democrat policies. Horace, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great to be on today. 
Yeah, man, I've been trying to get you in for a while, and uh, we got with Judy, and we made it happen. Um, There is a seismic shift going on in the country, Horace. Um, Liberal policies are are scaring the hell out of whole swaths of the American uh, people, uh, from blacks to Hispanics, the young, the old, the business owner, you name it. And particularly, we are seeing black voters starting to wake up, and they're either realizing that a lot of the policies being pushed in their neighborhoods, defunding the police, their ability to be able to send their children to the best school possible in their neighborhood or their town, all of these things, making their their neighborhoods more dangerous and taking away freedoms for for them to choose are being blocked. And it's all liberal policies. and, And I think, I hope, I hope that we are finally starting to see a decoupling of, of, of black Americans from the liberal agenda? Well, let me say a couple of things, and I think your optimism is on point. Let me say a couple of things. Um, black Americans are, in fact, more conservative on social issues than the population at large. Black Americans are more likely to play, uh, see that faith play a heightened role in their life. They're more likely um, to uh, support the idea uh, that people who engage in criminal acts should be held accountable. They're more likely um, that, uh, to be in the private sector in the uh, gig economy right. uh, than the rest of the population at large. Now, these kinds of roles make them uh, outliers in how um, the progressive agenda operates. It is extremely hostile uh, to faith. Uh, and, and as I said, the other items, uh, the progressive agenda doesn't want to punish criminals, and it believes that if you strive and you work and you succeed in the private sector, you ought to be punished. It's ironic, let me just finish with that, it's ironic that it's black America that selected Joe Biden in the Democrat primary when there were so many woke options being presented. It turns out that it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. It didn't matter which one of the leftists running in 2020, black America was going to get punished with the woke agenda. Right. It it seems like there's a huge opportunity, um, particularly, I think, in in November um, for conservatives because things are just so awful, right? Um, and, 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 and again, so much of the misery that uh, Americans are, are, are seeing and disproportionately we're talking about black parents. Now, you know, Flint, Michigan, I'm, I'm looking at the Chiron on MSNBC, Horace, Flint, Michigan, one of the, one of the few remaining majority black cities in this country has has gone back to remote learning indefinitely like it just it just so many of the failures of the policies of the left just disproportionately hurt um black people who 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 sadly oftentimes find themselves on the margins but it also to me presents a, an amazing opportunity for conservatives to get out there and actually articulate a pathway forward out of the rut that liberal policies have put too many uh, Americans and particularly black Americans in yeah, the, the left has been good at really only one thing. I mean, you look back 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 
um, the big government, um, the administrative state solution approach that progressives worship at the altar of has failed everywhere it's been tried. Their efforts to feed, their efforts to house, their efforts to educate, they have been abject failures. But they're good at really only one thing, convincing black America that if you quit them, it's going to be worse. And we've had a year of the Biden administration and black America, like the rest of the country, has gotten a chance to learn that, yes, it is worse. That's inflation. Yes, it is worse. That's the international arena. Yes, it is worse. Public education and COVID mitigation, crime, every single area that this administration has put its efforts into has made it worse. Now, that is something that black America, I think, can't help but wake up to. Going to the gas station and taking along uh, your home equity uh, application so that you can afford it is something that really gets everyone's attention. Horace Cooper joining the program. He is senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research and co-chair of Project 21 National Advisory Board, of which I am a proud member. He's also uh, author of How Trump is Making Black America Great Again, the untold story of black advancement in the era of Trump. It's interesting as well, Horace, because, you know, Biden he, I mean, he's basically been a backbencher. I mean, I know he's been in, 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 in politics at a high level for decades, but he doesn't really have a record of accomplishments. And, in, in, you know, and in, he, this time was his third time running for president. He spent, you know, years, eight years as vice president to Barack Obama. And I look at Joe Biden's first year in office, every single poll and survey, even the left wing pundits on TV can't put a sheen on his record heretofore and none of it's shocking to me at all but i do think that it's it's as you just said like it's it's more obvious the failures of joe biden because he insulted black voters and said that they weren't black if they thought about voting for someone other than him and he just i I, he came off to me as 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 very arrogant um and and just lived on this assumption that you know he could sort of draft off of you know being barack obama's vp and and then none of it was true and his first year has been a, an unmitigated disaster and i think it'll be i think it'll be that more clear and obvious to people as we get closer to elect to election it's definitely season. getting worse but let me say a couple things first is i've already started on my second book it's how <laughs> joe biden is breaking black america again yeah. also we have two candidates, uh, Joe, excuse me, two incumbents, Joe Biden and Barack Obama. During the eight years of the Barack Obama administration, we got a chance to witness something. He had more charm. He had more political talent. He mm-hmm. was able to interact better with the American people in a way that Joe Biden can't come close. Right. Yet, even Barack Obama received fewer black support in his second run than his first run, and it's precisely because 
black Americans like the rest of the country, they weren't happy with the return to the pork and beans era. They weren't happy with his stewardship of the economy. This president has made it worse. And as a consequence of that, no skill, no charm, no special ability to interact with people. In his first year, you are seeing hemorrhaging support among black Americans. And they, as a group, are far more critical to the electoral prospects of the left than any other constituency in America. The 60% level of support that he's getting, according to the NBC Wall Street Journal report, shows a terrible day of reckoning is coming this November. That's a a historic low. Um, I mean, you have to go back decades to find a number that low in terms of support among black uh, voters for Democrats, which sort of begs the question for me, Horace, where does the, the institutional left go? Where does the black media go like if Al Sharpton sends me one more email asking me for money, you know, like because by unsubscribe. Yeah. But but where does the the black, you know, civil rights leftist establishment go? Uh, Kamala doesn't seem like a viable option. Um, It's just been promise after promise and failure after failure. As you said, I just don't know where they go from here. You know, after she was named, there were a couple of snap polls um, in 2020, in the summer of 2020, in which a very intriguing phenomenon was measured. More black Americans said that they were less likely to support Joe Biden with her as his running mate than said that they would. The very thing that the left-wing radical progressives promised, just put any black, put any black on the ticket and you're going to swoon with the black American vote. It turns out that to know her record, to be aware of who she is, was in fact something that made up, was a turnoff uh, for black Americans. Uh, The uh, elites who I call them the uncivil rights movement, they have rejected Martin Luther King's vision. Those individuals have little to no place to go precisely because black Americans are more likely to be people of faith than the population at large. What progressives hate with an intense hate, the idea of the nuclear family, the idea of a creator that is looking out for us. Uh, Black Americans, as I said before, are more likely to support crime control and are not in favor of the billions of dollars that the uh, U.S. uh, insurance industry said was associated with all of the criminal justice rioting and mayhem that happened in the summer of 2020. Again and again, they're on one side, and the real question is, is there enough space on the left with the radicals when they're no longer in power to be able to fund, promote, and support these newly marginalized interests that even blacks, by and large, are beginning to reject? Horace, thank you so much for joining the program. Real good stuff. Thank you. I got American And that's today's show. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast and Breitbart News. This is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. Thanks for listening. I got stuck.